brand new week of Cycle Talk SA. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you for downloading and listening to this weekly podcast that focuses on the South African cycling circuit here in South Africa. It's good to have you on board. Coming up in this week's show, uh, pretty busy this week. Managed to catch up with Ashley Moorman Pasio uh, in Europe. She's racing on the European circuit at the moment. Had a, a very nice chat with Ashley. We caught up with Matt Eager, who is the founder of The Hub. .co.za and we chatted about the ins and outs of that website if you've never heard of the hub not sure where you've been but uh, it's one of the biggest resources if not the biggest resource uh, online here in South Africa where cyclists uh, and mountain bikers can go to to get advice and triathletes as well for that matter to get advice and buy secondhand bikes sell goods very very cool check it out and listen to that interview with Matt don't forget if you'd like to be in touch you can tweet us at Cycle Talk SA you can also find us on Facebook just search for Cycle Talk SA or pop me an email podcast at cycletalksa.co.za but let's get straight into this week's show first interview with Ashley Moorman Pasio It's a huge pleasure to have Ashley Moorman Pasio on Cycle Talk SA this week. One of the reasons I wanted to catch up with uh, with Ashley was last week, Wednesday, she won an award here in South Africa. Very cool award. Was unable to collect it. Mom collected it for her, but she has been voted the most influential woman in sport in Africa. Ashley, welcome on to Cycle Talk SA today. Thank you very much for having me. Ashley, before we get into your cycling exploits in Europe, this award that you won on Wednesday, you've pretty much been named the most influential woman in sport in Africa. That's a massive title to be carrying, isn't it? Yes, it is indeed. It really is an honor and a privilege um, to be named Africa's most influential woman in sport. Um, it's been it's been a process. I was um, informed that I was nominated in March, and um, you know, there's been a process of answering some questions and interviews and um, you know I knew I was a finalist and um, I wasn't going to be able to attend the event so my mom went on my behalf and you know um, it was always a chance you know nothing's impossible but it did come as a bit of a surprise you know um, I was very surprised to hear that I'd won the event um, with some some tough competition I think um, Bridget Hartley was was the other finalist. Sport is obviously your passion uh, and and what you love doing, but it's it's if you actually think about it, as as a sports person, you've got a massive massive role to play with regards to sort of influencing other women, and not necessarily just in sport, but inspiring by what you do. Yes, that's very true, and that's something that I've um, been very aware of um, from the start. And you know, I, I really do like to say that um, you know that I, I ride with with a purpose and it really is the influence that I can have on other people's lives that inspires me to, to train and to race to the best of my ability. Um, and although, you know, my personal success is important um, for my career, um, it's not really my personal success that is my purpose, but um, merely actually the means to, to use my talent to fulfill a greater purpose. And, you know, that greater purpose is, of course, to be able to inspire um, women out there, the young juniors, um, who are trying to make it in, in not only in cycling, but in, in other sports. And, you know, that's something I try and make myself um, accessible to, to the general public. And it's really nice to know that, you know, I have regular contact with some of the, the juniors back home and to be able to talk to them and to help them, you know, through the process of, of yeah, pursuing their passion. Yeah, and that's exactly it, isn't it, Ashley? It, it's it's a way. It, it's almost a case of you you paving the way for for future success of others, isn't it? I mean, if if you look at 
the South African women cycling scene. I mean, you've just blazed such a trail here that that in order to for you to get better, you had to go to Europe, and and you're basing yourself there probably for half of the year. In in the years to come, I mean, if you look at the, the men's cycling as an example here with, with what's just happened in, in the Tour de France with, with Daryl MP's great performance and, and obviously Chris Froome doing really well who's got South African connections, what that's going to do for the sport is just unbelievable, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, it really is quite unbelievable. It is it is obviously a, um, a challenge, an extra challenge for coming uh, from the Southern Hemisphere. You know, um, the cycling really is in in Europe. Um, so of course, it is important for us to be here um, to be able to to compete at, at an international level. Um, and that's what you know. The past few years, that has what that is what I've done. You know, I've I've made some sacrifices and you know left the family behind and and um, my comforts back home and um, come over here with my husband Carl um, to try and make a success of my European cycling. And there are some challenges um, because obviously um, you know it, it is a little bit harder you know in order to you know personal endorsements and to give the coverage back home um you know while you are away for for such a long time but that you know i've tried to be creative and find some ways of doing that and um yeah and it's just wonderful you know it's wonderful to be able to be awarded something like this and to know that you know the, the hard work that i'm putting in um to to continue to have an influence back home even though i'm so far away um is is being noticed and is being rewarded and and talking of the of those sacrifices, there's obviously upsides to it as well. I mean, it's the, the European summer at the moment, so everything is great. You're racing, but if you look at the off season, you spend your off season here in South Africa, and and more and more international cyclists are heading out here just because the climate is so conducive in our summer, which would then be the European off season to train. A lot of guys are training up on the high felt uh, because it's at altitude. So it just it, there are plus sides to to sort of being based here. So in the off season, you're based at home when when other guys are. Or, or girls could could be forced to to come and train here away from their their base once again. Yeah, I know for sure. I do have the best of both worlds. Um, yeah, I have all round summer, very very little winter <laughs> at this stage. <laughs> so there is um, there are definitely um, lots of upsides to it. Um, yeah, it just is obviously you know. And when I talk about sacrifices, it is more in terms of you know leaving the family behind and um, yeah, and just you know putting aside. You know, I, I'm, I'm qualified as an engineer and, you know, I've decided to pursue a passion in cycling rather than to, to get a job in engineering. So those kind of things. But all the sacrifices are, are paying off and, you know, I'm loving my life over here in Europe and I'm, I'm loving, you know, pursuing my passion for cycling. And and there is just such a, a huge passion for cycling in Europe. I mean, you can just see by the crowds at, at the races that you that you guys race in. Ashley, tell me a little bit about the, the, the European circuit at the moment. What's What's next on the cards for you? Yeah, um, well, it's actually been a great year for me in, in Europe, um, you know, sort of somewhat of a, a breakthrough year. This year, um, in early in the year, in April, I got my first World Cup podium at Flesch Wallon, which is a, a really um, prestigious um, World Cup race um, in Belgium, which is one of the most passionate <laughs> cycling countries in Europe. Um, so, yeah, I finished third, which, you know, so set the year off on, on quite a high note. Um, yeah, and then I've just come off um, um, the Giro, where I finished eighth on GC, and also won quite a quite a big race in in Holland early in the year and so I've just sort of had a bit of a break now after the first part of the season um, which has been quite busy and I'm heading off to France actually tomorrow um, to take part in um, the Route de France which is uh, you know can be compared to to the women's Tour de France as such Um, so we'll be starting just outside of Paris and yeah heading towards the center of France over um, eight days. 
Sounds amazing. And, and speaking of that, Jiro, I was actually just reading on your blog, and, and, and I'm going to read something off it because I, I think it just sums up exactly once you get to that level uh, how tough yeah. it can be. And it's, it's the last paragraph on, on, on one of the posts that you put in. It said, the closer I get to the podium, the harder the Giro becomes because all the little things begin to count from preparation to my race calendar down to each decision and effort during a stage. Everything adds up. I may have lost the fifth place in the GC, but that last four kilometers on the stage taught me a lesson. The harder you work in cycling, the more progress you make. But the more progress you make, the harder you have to work. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> it, it, for me, that just sums up. It, it, so often people think, look at, look at someone like you who, who's racing on the European circuit and they think she's made it. But it, it's yeah. so easy to think that. But actually, getting there is probably the easy bit. It's staying there and, and performing on that level. That's the hard bit. It is. It is indeed. Um, yeah, like you say, as soon as you start, you know, trying to consistently perform at the top, and it's something that I am really working on is is um, to break into the top ten world ranking. At the moment, I'm sitting um, in 14th, and um, you know, not too many points um, off entering the top ten, and that's the big objective before the end of the year. But you know, to be able to to be ranked in the top ten in the world, you have to be performing consistently well. You know, and it's about podiuming consistently getting top 10 results consistently and yeah that takes hard work um you know like i said it's all the little things that add up um a, a career in cycling is not just getting on your bike for a few hours of, of the day and and then that's it you know it's it's actually a it's a lifestyle so it's everything you do all the little choices you make um you know from diet to recovery um to all sorts of things that that just eventually um make the difference yeah actually you, you spoke about sort of following your passion and and you're you're an engineer by 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 training but but you decided to to make cycling your life for now if someone is listening to this and and they they have the ability and or they believe they have the ability and, and they want to become a professional cyclist and and they want to pursue the same sort of dream that you're pursuing now what advice could you give them yeah, well, my advice is just really never to give up. Um, you know, um, many challenges, you know, come up along the way, and I, I've had my fair share of challenges. Um, but it really is those challenges that make you stronger, and at the end of the day, they um, propel you, you know, further, you know, forward um, in your pursuit of of your passion and your dreams. You know, I've from breaking my collarbone three times in the space of twelve months to um, you know other little challenges along the way. Um, you know finding the answers to come to Europe, all those type of things, you know. Um, it's just about not giving up um, through those challenges because, you know, if, if you continue to um, to strive and, and persist um, towards achieving your goals, you really can do it. But it, it takes hard work and there are going to be lows, um, but it's about overcoming the lows and, and keeping your eyes on, on the bigger picture. I like to say that it's very important. Um, attitude, um, your values and your vision are very important. You know, it's to try and keep a positive attitude through everything, um, you know, to stay true to your values and um, to keep your eyes on the bigger picture, to have that, that vision, you know, um, which enables you to, to keep going. Brilliant. Great advice. Absolutely brilliant. Ashley, we want to wish you all the best uh, heading to France for, for your next race and also all the best for the rest of your season. World Champs coming up in September as well before you head back home. What, what's the goal? Come put, put, put your, your money where your mouth is. What's going to happen at World Champs? <laughs> well, I'm really excited about World Champs this year. Um, it's in Italy. Um, 
in Florence and I've actually I've gone to see the course and it really is a tough course and something that I, I feel suits me very well and um, lots of of climbing so um yeah I'm definitely feeling confident and I'm going to go out there to give it my all and yeah I'm I'm hoping for it for a, a really amazing result <laughs> so that's the objective. Actually just a, just an aside how much if you look at sort of Daryl's performance and, and Chris Froome's performance at the Tour de France this year how much belief does that instill in, in, in you to, to think that, that you can do this? Because, I mean, obviously, guys like Daryl, who, who have been around on, on the South African circuit, have also made that move to Europe and that now. You, you've obviously seen him at races right throughout your career, and, and you probably know the guy quite well. How much, how much belief does that instill in you? Yeah, well, it's it's just wonderful. You know, it, it does give you that extra little bit of motivation, um, and yeah, it just makes it that much more realistic to you know to see someone like that. I mean, it's quite an amazing achievement to to wear the yellow jersey. And yeah, I mean, the the Giro d'Italia is our is probably the tour that compares and best to the men's Tour de France, and it is something that I hope to win one day. Um, and I'll yeah, I'm continuing to strive towards that. And yeah, it's wonderful to be able to. I mean, Daryl actually um, lives not far away, also here in Jerome. So we bump into him sometimes and, and uh, some advice from, from him. You know, he really is inspiring a guy that's just gone out there and, and done it, you know, um, with, despite challenges and um, despite critics, you know, um, he's also come back from a massive injury and um, it's just wonderful to see his success. And, yeah, it really does make it feel um, that much more um, possible then, you know, for us as well. And then after World Champs, you'll be heading back to South Africa. What's what's on the cards for for the South African season? Yeah, well, it's been quite a busy season in in Europe. So um, yeah, it's going to it's going to be wonderful to be back home. And uh, you know, I will obviously be taking part in, in the big events, like you know, especially the big um, ninety four point seven, which is quite important for um, my sponsor um, Momentum. So yeah, I'm looking forward to to getting back home and racing amongst the locals and just being able to to interact with all these people that are um, making it possible for me, inspiring me. You know, the South Africans back home. You know, the sport really does go a long way. You know, being far away from home and getting all these wonderful messages. So yeah, I look forward to being home. Ashley Muan Pasio, thank you so much for for joining us. All the best, and we look forward to to touching base again soon. Thank you very much, Brad. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome on to Cycle Talk SA this week, Matt Eager, who is the founder of thehub.co.za. It's great to have you on the show, Matt. Tell me, how long have you guys been going as a website now? been going for, just to do my maths now, about nine years now, since okay. 2004. Um, all started out, I was uh, always been a passionate cyclist, and originally more, more on the roadside. Um, and I was at high school at the time and wanted to do something online around cycling, you know, to create a, a portal at that stage where, you know, any, any cyclist could go online and find out what was happening in the cycling world, chat to each other, talk about races, talk about gear, all that sort of stuff. And there was nothing like that in South Africa at the time. Um, so I started putting this together and eventually sort of narrowed down to the forum platform, which at the time seemed like a great way to get cyclists talking to each other. So not just placing editorial content online, but uh, also, um, you know, allowing people to interact with each other. 
Yeah, I mean, cyclists are a, are an interesting bunch because it is it's a it's a very social sport. But they, yeah, I mean, I've just seen it from your site. I mean, the, the the sort of topics of discussion are so varied. Oh yeah, I mean, it's 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 really across the board within cycling and then outside of cycling. I think, as you say, it's very social, and and, and cycling is really just a common thread that I think connects everybody. And and as far as the website goes, I mean, it's been going for nine years. Obviously, the growth has been phenomenal. You guys have got, I mean, if you've ever ridden a bicycle in South Africa and Googled anything about it, you guys come up on, on the first few sort of search results. So it's just a great resource for, for cyclists. And, and what are the, the sort of plans long-term for the website? Well, I mean, when, originally the, the site kind of came about as, as really just a discussion forum, and that was kind of the essence of it. And one of the, the elements that came out of that um, was the classifieds, the buying and selling of, of new and used gear. And more recently, uh, although a couple of years ago already, in 2010, um, I actually went into the, to the business full time. Um, and at that stage, realized that this classifieds was, was almost its, its own little, little beast and it, it needed a, a place to live, so to speak. Um, so that's something that, that w- there was a specific, um, you know, specific functionality that was built for that. And that's something that we're focusing on going forward quite a lot. It's really grown and it's one of the areas of the site which has, has sort of fueled a lot of the growth over the last couple of years. Um, so alongside that discussion and that social side, you've got this, this commerce aspect, almost like a, an, an eBay or, or rather an auto trader, but for bicycles. Mm. Okay, and I mean, let's talk about those those classifieds. I mean, cycling—it's—it's it's not a cheap sport. Let's let's call a spade a spade. And a lot of guys who are just getting into the sport are very intimidated walking into a bike shop, and there's just so much choice. And obviously, the bike shops want to make money, so they they often feel like they've been sold something that they don't really need. So the second-hand market, I think, is is probably growing. A hell of a lot because a lot of people have bought bikes when they first started and, and sort of outgrown them or now looking for something better or, 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 or whatever their needs. Maybe they bought a road bike and now they want to go into mountain biking. So it's just a, a great place for, for people to, to, to sort of not get rid of gear, but it, it's a great place to, for, for a new person to pick up a second-hand bike that's in great condition uh, and, and sort of exactly what they're looking for, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. I mean, that's one of the things that we focused on is, is being able to, to quite richly classify what you're looking for. So if you're looking for a dual suspension, a 29 and mountain bike, you can go and look for that and not have to, you know, sift through everything. And it, it does exa- exactly that. It gives, you know, both, both new entrants who are looking for a slightly cheaper bike, um, it gives them the opportunity to, to find something, you know, perhaps a bit below retail, but still in, in great nick. Um, but then guys who have maybe been in the sport for a while and looking to, to sort of flog off their, their 2012 uh, bike to, to, to get the latest edition, it gives them a place to actually sell that and to, you know, to get their, their new bike and kind of recycle, recycle the bike, so to speak. Matt, this is a, a, a an ARB question. Obviously, there's there's quite a bit of, of problem with bike jacking that in South Africa. Do you guys have a bit of a problem with people trying to offload stolen bikes on the site? We have had, you know, there have been one or two instances, but one of the things where the hub and the community that's kind of built up around the hub works so well is that there are a lot of eagle-eyed people who are pretty much in the know and, you know, they're aware of what bikes have been stolen. Um, they're, they're pretty savvy when it comes to ads online. So, 
you know, we don't see too many stolen bikes, at least not too many that, that we're aware of. I'm sure there are some that slip through the cracks. Um, and unfortunately, it is it is one of those, you know, the downfalls of operating, I think, any business, but particularly an online trading platform. Is, is there is that danger of, of people potentially selling stolen goods. Yeah, it's also it's also up to the consumer, I guess. I mean, if you're looking for to buy a bike, and and you know a bike's worth fifty grand, but a guy's selling it online for five grand, that should ring all sorts of alarm bells. And and well, if, and if exactly. you and if you're prepared to buy that bike, then you have got no leg to stand on when it comes to bikes getting stolen and bikes getting jacked because you're part of the problem. Well, exactly. I mean, it's it's a difficult one because you you know you you can a lot of people will, will claim through ignorance when it comes to that and. It's, for some of the new entrants, that that may be true, but uh, as you say, if it's too good to be true, I mean, it it, it most likely is. Um, I mean, just on that note, one of the things that we've had a bit more of a problem with, um, at least it, as I say, that we've been aware of, is is fake fake stuff, so fake bikes and and fake clothing, um, okay. which is is coming through. There's a lot of a lot of uh, I'd say high quality fake, so so difficult to identify. Um, both both on the bike, so a lot of the, the high-end frames, um, manufacturers, and then also clothing. Um, and that's something we've taken quite a hard line on, on absolutely not allowing it. I mean, it, it is illegal. It's counterfeit goods. Yeah, and it, it kills the industry at the end of the day. I mean, we all we all love this this we love our bikes and we love riding, and and by by sort of buying stuff like that, you you become part of the problem. And I, it's 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 akin to buying stolen goods, essentially the counterfeit stuff, because that's exactly what you're doing. These bike companies plow millions and millions of rand into sort of research and development and 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 new technology, and by buying counterfeit, you basically just becoming part of the problem. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. Uh as you say, these are these are brands that, that a lot of money and marketing and research has gone into, um, and you know just by by buying a fake, you're just supporting that industry. Um, you know, there's there's also a bit of a uh, I think a bit of a grey area with a lot of people around what is a, a fake and a replica, um, and that's it's something that's that's been a topic of discussion on on the hub as well. Um, a lot of people sort of feeling that that it's that it's okay to buy what's termed a replica. Um, but but often it's it's just somebody using using some clever wording to pass off a fake. Um, yeah. There's a there's a big difference between a, a licensed replica of, a, of an official product and a, a, a fake, which is, is you know counterfeit. Yeah, but boils down to semantics. But at the end of the day, it it becomes a big issue, doesn't it? Definitely, and I mean it's it, it's very evident. You know, some of the bigger brands like Specialized. I mean, in, in the in the US, they've got a small team who are dedicated to finding. These counterfeit items, specifically online, so on eBay. I mean, they've even approached us uh, about you know any any listings or any anything that's promoting the sale of of counterfeit goods bearing their specialized brand name. So it's it, it's getting the attention of these guys because it's damaging you know their business. So they they've got to do something about it. And you know, guys like us, you know, we supporting the industry. So we've got to got to support them as much as we can in in trying to clamp down on this sort of stuff yeah and then matt as far as the forum goes it's it's a it's a great place for cyclists to first of all meet but it's it's a great resource to to learn things definitely i mean it's it's one of those that that, that can take you through that cycling journey i mean we've got people that are are, are new entrants to the cycling market um you know the, the common question is you know i've got got a bit of money i've got five grand i've got ten grand to spend 
I've uh, been looking at these sort of bikes. What do you think? Uh, which one's better? What shops should I go to? So right from that entry point into the cycling market, you, you know, people are able to learn and get some advice from, from, from guys and girls who, who've been in the market for a little while. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's the interesting thing. I mean, if, if you compare cycling to running, I mean, cycling is getting that way from a, from a club perspective where, where the club structures are becoming more and more pre- uh, prevalent. But, but road running, as an example, for many years has had this massive, massive club structure. And for, for a new person getting into the sport, it was a great resource to go and ask guys who had, had been around the block a few times and, and had maybe run a few races. So they could go and quiz them on running shoes and that sort of thing. But cycling, there isn't that sort of culture, although it is getting that way. And, and something like the hub creates that for a new cyclist where they might not belong to a club, but it gives them access to cyclists who, who have been around a bit and, and, and are more than willing to answer their questions. No, exactly. I mean, it, it always amazes me is how how willing people are to to you know pass pass down the knowledge and, and answer some questions and, and help people out. Specifically, the new entrants into the sport, um, and it, it's really quite you know it's fantastic to see. Um, and it, it 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 continues on. You know, from there it's it's on to upgrades or technical questions on repairs and maintenance uh, to you know buying your next bike or your training and uh, you know health nutrition. Uh, organizing group rides so it's, it's really the whole sort of 360 around around cycling and, and can, as i said it can take you down that journey um, from from a new entrant to a bit more of a seasoned, seasoned vet down the road and and th- those folks will then get to a point where they're comfortable answering questions and and they basically then return the favor later on don't they no exactly exactly and i mean over the years i've seen you know the, the the guys who have been around for a while, and you know I can remember them them entering the sport and having all those questions themselves. And now many of them have got got the answers. So it's, it it all comes around, and you know sort of pay pay forward the knowledge that that each of those people have have learnt over the years. Matt, as far as moderation goes on those forums, so often, and and you can see it, and I don't want to mention site names, but there's a couple of news sites where the comments just regress into the biggest load of nonsense that if you sit and read them and you go, oh my word, I'm actually embarrassed to live in a country that some of these people live in. But do you guys have that sort of problem on the hub or or is it it self-moderated and the bad apples sort of get worked out? Look, it, it is a problem. It, it, it's a challenge online where you, you're dealing with, um, you know, people operating under anonymous profiles. Let's, 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 call, who, let's call them trolls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it is a problem. I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush. It is something that, that over the last couple of years has gotten better, and I think particularly over the last sort of six to 12 months. It's still, it's still an issue that we fight, and you have to step in and moderate, but... You know, to, to a large degree, there is a nice amount of, of sort of self-moderation and moderation among the community, where people, you know, you, you'll get called out if if, if you you're being or behaving like a troll, and you know that's where we encourage the, the community to to act and report that to to the moderation team, so we can actually do something about it. Okay, brilliant. Um, if somebody's listening to this and, and, and they've heard of the hub, I mean, I know a lot of people are, are sort of really hesitant to step in and, and jump in and get involved in technology, but what's the easiest way for someone to, to sort of get involved on the hub? Like a visitor, new visitor to the site, what do they need to do? Well, I mean, if, if, if somebody is wanting to, to, to sign up and, you know, either ask a question or, or maybe, you know, provide some advice or some feedback, 
Um, if, they, if they hop onto the hub, there's, there are a couple of links on the top right-hand side where you can sign up, um, and that's quite a quick process. Just, just pop in a, a username and your email address and password, or if you've got a Facebook or Twitter account, you can sign up quite quickly through either of those. And you know, within within five minutes, you can you can be up and, and asking a question. You know, you know, they're asking a question in the forums or responding to to a question or a comment. Or on the on the other side of it, in the classifieds, um, you know, if you've got a, a bike or some gear to sell, that's that's a perfect place to list it. Um, yeah, there's, there's really those two core aspects. I mean, some of the other areas that we we are expanding on, um, obviously the, the the new side of things. Um, and then also events, event calendars and complete event calendars are something that are quite difficult to come across in, in South Africa. Yeah, I mean, those event calendars are a challenge. I mean, we, we for, from what we're doing from, from here is, is often we try and feature races. And there's just so many websites that have got bits and pieces. There's not one real sort of cycling and mountain biking where you can get everything uh, as far as races going so i'm glad to hear you guys are doing that it's it's definitely definitely needed in the market i think yeah i mean it, it's been one of those things on my radar for a little while and unfortunately it comes down to having somebody with the the, the time and the resources at, at their disposal to, to to you know bring all of that information together and consolidate it into one up-to-date and complete calendar and we've actually got somebody coming on board um, in the next couple of weeks who will be doing that so Something, something to look after and to to look forward to is, is having a hopefully more more complete and accurate calendar online, which which I'm quite excited about. Matt, and just from a business perspective, I mean, if if ten years ago, I mean, that's the, the 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 crazy thing, the way the way the internet works. I mean, ten years ago, to to think, hey, maybe you'd be working full time on a website, uh, it was almost unthinkable. But it's it's become that that you can make a living out of doing something like this. I mean, where do you see see the web going, and, and especially for the hub? I mean, how many users have you guys, active users, have you guys got a month, and, and where do you see it going? Well, currently we've got between 140 and 160,000 um, monthly unique visitors. Um, so it's a, it's a fair whack of, of, of cyclists and, and a good chunk of the cycling population in South Africa. Um, obviously, I'd like to see that growing as the sport grows. I mean, it's, it's in the last couple of years, we've seen a, an absolute boom in, in the sport, particularly on the mountain biking side. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's really about keeping pace with the growth of the sport and, and what people are looking for. Um, and with the, the tech trends, you know, I think these days a lot is moving towards mobile and, and tablets. So for us, keeping up with that and, and looking ahead to, to introduce, you know, specific mobile apps and tablet apps where people can, can interact and, and consume the, the content that, that we provide in, you know, in, on whatever device that they're using. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's everybody's challenge who's, who's sort of working in that online space right now. Matt, if people want to connect online, the website address, and if you guys are on Twitter and Facebook, where can they find you? The website address is www.thehubsa.ca.ca. On Twitter, at The Hub SA, and Facebook, if you just search The Hub SA, all one word, uh, either of those. Um, easiest is probably to head straight over to, to the website or, or get us on Twitter. Cool. Matt, I really appreciate you chatting to us today. It's uh, yeah, it's just fascinating to hear the sort of behind the scenes of what's happening at the hub. It's a, it's a website that everybody, if you've ever ridden a bicycle in this country, definitely knows about, and it's it's cool to get a bit of a an insider's look as to to what you guys do on a daily basis. No, great to chat to you. Thanks very much, Brad.
Well, that's it. Another week of Cycle Talk SA done and dusted. I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget, if there is someone that you'd like us to interview on the show, maybe you know someone who has a very, very inspiring story, we'd love to feature them here on Cycle Talk SA. Or if you belong to a club and you guys are doing something really interesting, please let us know. You can pop me an email, podcast at cycletalksa.co.za. You can also tweet us at Cycle Talk SA or find us on Facebook. Just search for us as well. Uh, thanks again to our guests today. Uh, yeah, thanks for your time. It was, it was awesome just to spend some time with you guys and touch base and see exactly uh, what you guys are up to. So until next week here on Cycle Talk SA, have yourself a brilliant one. Stay safe and we'll chat soon. <laughs>